Hello, and welcome to the Jill Cruz podcast. This is Jill Cruz. And today I had a wonderful conversation with Andrea. And Andrea is a nutritionist, but she's also a health coach and a guide. And, you know, she really helps families with mindset. It's not just the nutrition, it's so much more than that. And what Andrea does is she goes into people's homes, invited, of course, (laughs) and she helps the family to eat better. And she focuses on helping the children to have fun with their food and learn how to like more healthy foods. And, you know, along the way, she's also coaching the parents too, right? Because it really is a family affair. And uh, I love Andrea's energy and her passion for what she does. She really cares. And the cool thing that we talked about today was that I kind of brought it full circle around to say, you know what? I think from listening to Andrea that we as adults need to be more like kids and have a little bit more fun around eating. And that was kind of where our conversation landed. So Andrea gave some great tips about how to get children or grandchildren to eat better, but she also talked about how it's so important for us adults for us to be a little more playful and more childlike in our eating, listen to our bodies a little bit more and have a little bit more fun. So I thought this conversation was great. So I hope you enjoy it. Hi, Andrea. Thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Yay. So I have, I'll start off with a question for you. What was it that inspired you to do the work that you do? Wow. So growing up, I knew I wanted to be a, I wanted to go into nutrition. And I just remember sophomore year of high school, you know, we were talking about colleges. And so I remember being in my mom's room and we were talking about like, what would I go to school for? She's like, well, you're into health and eating healthy and and exercising. What if you did nutrition? And I was like, what would I be a nutritionist? I thought I made up the word. And that was the moment. It was like in the 90s. And here I am today as a nutritionist, officially a nutritionist. I didn't even, I thought I made it, made it up back then. And here I am. And I worked in clinics for 10 years. And uh, we saw 7,000 people a month. And I was just seeing the overcapacity that parents had and the obesity with kids. And I Mm. wanted to just find a fun new approach. And so Family First Wellness was created to go into the homes to help parents and children. Family First Wellness, that's the name of your business. Okay, so you uh, go into the homes of families with children of various ages. Maybe you can elaborate on that. And you help them to learn how to eat healthy as a family. Is Is that kind of what the main focus is? Yeah, so it's a personalized approach. So depending on what mm-hmm. the family dynamic is, sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, there's different dynamics. So sometimes the whole family eats healthy. Sometimes the parents just want the kids to create healthy eating habits. So we work with that. And so it can be, usually it's from pregnancy. Um, so I help as a postpartum mm-hmm. doula at night mm-hmm. so that the moms and dads can get the sleep that they need to heal. That's, I mean, amazing. Well, that's amazing. That That is so needed. <laughs> <laughs> I really think that sleep is over, over, you know, like we neglect sleep. And so being a postpartum yeah. doula, I feel like just helps mom heal. Um, Cause you know, especially in the States, we are like back to work after a baby after six weeks and you're supposed to just be ready to go. So we just do um, postpartum doula. And then I help moms with lactation, usually hand in hand. 
because we have that one-on-one time. So I'll help with any lactation support that they need, you know, and help with the postpartum doula. And then I can come in into the home as as a nanny or just as a nutritionist and we can make fun recipes and we use that. It could be like parents go out on a date, a weekly daily, a weekly meet, uh, date, or it could be a weekend where parents go away for the weekend. So it's kind of all different options in mm-hmm. high quality childcare. And we use movement and exercise and recipes mm-hmm. while the parents are recharging themselves. Wow. Now, do you ever work with teens? Do you ever have a need where you're just kind of coming in with the with the food and the mindset? Because I know, you know, you said you're a nutritionist, but we talked already about this. You are very trained and focused on the mindset piece as well. It's not just the nutrition, right? So do, do you work with teens? I do. I have a couple of uh, kid coaching that I'm doing right now with teens. And we're looking at mindset, mm-hmm. you know, school situations, we're back in school. Yeah. And then also how nutrition plays in how we're thinking and how we feel mm. in that realm too. But right now we're kind of looking at, I have a couple of them and we're just looking at nutrition and awareness, positive thinking a lot and self-esteem and just positive mm-hmm. thinking, and then also how nutrition can play in benefiting them in that. Yeah. So now that you've been doing this for how long, I mean, total in your experience, right? You did these, this clinical work and then your own business. How many years have you been doing this? I think it's 19 years now, 2003. Okay. So, you know, as a child, you wanted to be a nutritionist. Right now, what inspires you? What makes you, what gets you uh, like, all right, I love what I'm doing and like get up in the morning excited about your work? Oh, it brings me to tears. When I have kids that will just like ask for carrots or, um, you know, just like they just normal, healthy eating is normal for them. Like I'll be working with a kid and the parent will text me and say, you know, Johnny asked for carrots today or you know, just mm. something where it just becomes a normal thing for them that they're exercising or eating healthy and they just ask mm-hmm. for it on their own. And the parent, it wasn't like a battle with the parent. It was just kind of like, okay, yeah, you can have carrots. Yeah. So when healthy eating becomes a, a normal, a habitual thing for them, it just feels right to them. And it's not about their parent telling, you know, that they're not doing it because their parents told them. They, yeah, yeah, they chose on their own, whatever they could have for dinner or whatever they wanted for their side. A lot of times we'll ask them, you know, what do you want for your healthy snack? And so when they just choose to make apples and peanut butter or ants on a log or something, you know, and just like, <laughs> it's the little things we get to celebrate. Yeah, yeah. Now, we, you and I talked earlier, too, about obesity. And I mean, uh, everybody knows there's this obesity and overweight epidemic in the United States. And I'm working with the kind of the opposite end in a way, right? I mean, you work with the moms, parents as well, and grandparents, right? But I'm seeing the after effects of a lifetime, 40, 50 years, 30, 40, 50 years of negative programming around food, right? Those are our clients who come to us are kind of are really uh, struggling with all of that. So you're on the other end, right? You're trying to prevent this lifelong of a distorted unhealthy relationship with food can you talk a little bit about that like what you're what you're seeing first like what do you see going on yeah so going into the homes i think you know like you said you know families are 30 40s when they're having families um 20s 30s 40s um and so they've had Mm -hmm. their lifetime of journey now they're starting a next generation and so they get to reassess yeah so some of the families have created new new legacies that they want to have for their family and so they're shifting. So they might have had the old habits and now they're trying to 
figure out that journey of like, what does it look like to have healthy eating for my family, for my legacy, um, and incorporating that into their family. Yeah. Are you seeing that? What are the challenges though? I want to hear the, 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 the difficult parts. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so I have, that's, that's the reality, right? <laughs> yeah. So then like real, like, you know, they have, uh, I had one family, you know, they had three kids and they were busy on the go and they had practices and they get, both parents were working. So they'd come home. And so they had healthy snacks after school. And if the little one had healthy meals all day, I planned out all his meals and movement and, and then they come home and they might have McDonald's or Chick-fil-A or down here in Houston, you know, mm-hmm. something really fast um, because they've got their after their evening activities they need to do or it's late. And so the balance between, you know, eating quick, something quick and then incorporating healthy eating as well. Right. What What do you recommend when a family is struggling like that? They're like, oh, you know, whenever Andrea is here, we are eating beautifully, perfectly well. <laughs> but then life happens, right? And and we end up going to McDonald's. Like, what kind of guidance do you give them about that? Because you can't you can't change their lives, right? Like, they're not going to stop playing sports because you told them to. How do How do you What advice do you give them to to work on that? Yeah, so sports and activities are just part of the after school, you know, the childhood of growing. Like, I think they develop so many skills from being in sports and, and after school activities. So definitely incorporating that. Um, and then just meal prepping and planning for that time schedule. So over the weekend, mm-hmm. meal planning and knowing, okay, on Wednesday night, we have church and we have this and we have that. And our busy nights are Monday and Wednesday. So having that plan, and I can go on and on, but, um, you know, you could have something frozen or something already made on Sunday that's like ready to go like a a crock pot or something with your meat and mm-hmm. vegetables. So that way on Wednesday, on your busy night, you can put it on the crock pot. And when you get home, you're just putting a quick salad together and eating it. Or, you know, even if you have to go to the drive through, like there's healthier options, you can get the apples instead of the French fries or the milk instead oh. of the soda. They have apples? Yes. I didn't know that. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So they have <laughs> healthy, they usually, they'll have a healthier option and it's a little bit mm-hmm. of a change. And so you could have a few apples and a few French fries to initiate and then transition. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I like that. It, and, and do you, do you have any, I mean, locally you must have some places where you recommend like, Hey, stop by this deli or this salad bar or something like that. Like if, you know, if people want to go up one step above the, <laughs> the fast food. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's different places depending on where you are that you could, you could pick up something. Usually you have to warm it up or, you know, depending on, on what it is that you wanted to get but usually eating at home or going through the drive-thru and just picking out the healthier options because it becomes a habit. And so we want to be careful yeah. about where, how we create those habits. Right, right. So it's, it's about the habit, but it's the planning is so key, it sounds like, what you're saying. So you know what you're eating on Wednesday already over the weekend. You're already figuring that out. Yeah, and it's a great activity. I have one family uh, right now, and like on the weekends, they talk about what recipes they want to have, and then they create the grocery list. And then mm-hmm. we actually, I actually work with a two-year-old and we actually make dinner with a two-year-old, get dinner ready while they're with a six-year-old doing quality time. So that way when they get home, dinner's almost ready, but we've involved the little one and the older one got to pick the recipe. So, mm-hmm. so it's like a family experience on healthy eating. Yeah. yeah, that's so nice. I love that. You know, I, I love how you're incorporating the the experience. And we were talking earlier about how you kind of make it fun, right? You kind of play around if there's a parent or a grandparent listening, you might think, well, you know, I don't know if I have time to do that. 
that's where Andrea comes in. <laughs> but if, if do you have like a little tip of like a fun way to get a child to eat something, you know, let's say you've cooked some delicious broccoli and you made it tasty, right? Put some butter on there, maybe a little salt <laughs> and they don't want to eat it. What's, I guess it depends on the age, but let's talk toddler age. Do you have something like a little trick that you can share? Yeah. So you have to get to know their personality. So part of what I do is get to know mm. their personality. There's like four main types of personalities. So based on the personality that that, that child might be, some, a lot of them like to have it be fun and they're smelling, right? So they have heightened smells. And so you can even just talk about how it looks or how, what you're smelling and recognizing that maybe it looks like a little bit of a tree. And sometimes if you eat it, they'll say you try it. And so making it fun and just seeing if they'll try one bite of it, but even just holding it in their hand and looking at it upside down or just holding it and like, what does it remind you of? Um, and then they're, it's getting closer to their nose. I do like to also have them help in the preparation a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, I had one mm-hmm. little girl that had her macaroni and cheese at lunchtime. And so we were able to incorporate broccoli into the macaroni and cheese. And so we were just, the microwavable macaroni and cheese became broccoli and macaroni and cheese in the microwave. And I, when I checked in with the family soon after, she won't eat it without the broccoli anymore. Wow, that's a win. That's a big win. <laughs> yep. So she goes to the freezer herself and I'll ask her how many florets of broccoli would you like today? So she gets to pick out her number of broccoli that she wants from the freezer. So she gets to open up. So it's the independence. And then she gets her yeah. stool. She climbs up on the counter and she puts it in the macaroni and cheese. And then I let her, oh, I have the microwave open and she puts it in and then I close it and do the cooking right. part. I take it out and I let her stir it. And because of all the involvement, mm-hmm. I guess she just, she tried a bite of it one time and now that's just her normal macaroni and cheese. Yeah, that's great. How old is she? She was two and a half when I started working with her. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty, I, I love that. That's, you know, it seems young, but I, I, I think it's. I did that with my kids. Like I I would give them a broom when they were little. I was like, here, go sweep. And they would usually just move the dirt from one side of the room to the next, but, (laughs) but they felt that ownership, you know? And, and I think that's sort of missing in our society. It's like kids are really coddled and they're shuttled from one, you know, activity to another and they're given the food. It comes out of a box, right? Usually they don't even know like, what is a Cheerio? How does it made? Yeah. Yeah, like what is a Cheerio, right? And then, but here you are teaching this little two-year-old the word florette, which is beautiful. I love that. <laughs> that kid's going to go to school and be like, teacher, may I have a florette, please? <laughs> florette of broccoli, please. <laughs> so um, I, I love that because what you're doing is is you're empowering them from such an early age. And I just, I think we're really missing that in our society. I mean, even even a one-year-old that's starting to talk, we do sign language. So even if mm. he wants more yogurt, we're doing this. And so he might not be able to verbally say more yogurt, but he'll let me know he wants more mm-hmm. yogurt or more cheese or mm-hmm. more strawberries. And so, I, I mean, even at one, they can let us know, you know, what they want and yeah. kind of expose them to healthy options and then they get to pick. So encouraging that um, empowerment, even at one, yeah. by letting that, me know what they want more of. And I've let them choose some healthy options and then he'll let me know what he wants more of. That's so cool. So what do you think about the obesity epidemic in this country, relating it to your work? Yeah, it's become my mission to help with the prevention of obesity. I 
feel like I can help all realms, you know, especially like what you do with the older women too, and just changing those habits. So my goal is prevention and creating healthy Mm -hmm. eating to be fun. And so maybe there'll be less of the obesity or less of the extreme obesity. Yeah. You know, so it's not so, so bad. Um, So I'm trying to, trying to get ahead of it before it happens. Right, right. So for anybody listening who has children, small children or grandchildren, it's like, and we're so much more aware now, like a lot of my clients, they grew up in the 60s, 70s or 80s. And they are, it was a different world. Like I've had many, many clients tell me that they were in Weight Watchers at age eight or 10 or 12. And, you know, that was messed up, right? (laughs) We know that's wrong. There's a better approach. And from a mindset perspective, how would you recommend that adults interact with children when it comes to like body image or food, you know, relationship with food. Like let's say you have a four-year-old and they don't have the healthiest eating habits. Like what do you do? What do you say to them that doesn't cause this body dysmorphia and, you know, just a just a, a really negative relationship with yeah. food? Yeah, that's so good. That's such a good question. So if they're four-year-old and their eating habits aren't the best, then, um, so we're, say it's at dinner time and we're trying to figure out, or maybe we're trying to plan what to do for dinner. So empowering them again and letting them have a say in the dinner options. And so you mm. kind of set up something that you, something that they're familiar with and then something that maybe it's something new, it's a little bit healthier. So you want to kind of just branch out a little bit in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so trying to find two meals, a meal that you know that's, you know, uh, a little bit healthier versus, you know, maybe spaghetti and meatballs or something like that, where you could maybe put some carrots in the tomato sauce, you know, and I have so many recipe Mm -hmm. ideas on how you can sneak it in. But maybe like, for example, spaghetti and meatballs, and maybe with a little bit of a salad or cucumbers on the side kind of example. And then Mm -hmm. something that they know that they'll eat with a little bit of something new. Um, And then maybe, you know, chicken nuggets and carrots, maybe if that's the other thing that they're familiar with. But asking them getting their input is really, I think, empowering. And I think it helps. It, and it doesn't always, it's not the first time. So it's kids practice and I have to be exposed to about 10 to 12 tries before okay. we're on board. So it's a lot of repetition. And that's why I go into a lot of the homes because it's just a lot of repetition and repeat mm-hmm. and exposures to help them to embrace this new mindset and new way of being. And so offering, you know, suggesting options to them that you've already picked that are more healthier to give them some independence and some empowerment and let them decide what they're going to eat. And then even if they're eating just a bite or two of it, celebrating that they ate it and having them mm. see you eat it too and say how good it is and kind of just staying yeah. more on that realm. You know, it's funny. I remember when I, when my kids were little, um, I used to tell them that the food had soldiers in it. And that the soldiers were protecting them. So certain foods had like a lot of soldiers. So I'd be like, you know, the, like, like say I made a full chicken. I mean, my kids like to eat that kind of stuff anyway. They didn't, we didn't eat like a lot of processed meat, but I would say, oh, this chicken, you know, this meat has a lot of soldiers in it for you, or, you know, this salad or broccoli or, you know, whatever vegetables. And all those soldiers, I would like go into great detail about how they would like, you know, protect their belly and <laughs> all this stuff. Yeah, so get again, it's, you're just reminding me. Yeah, but it's, yeah. you know, I think it's like, like what you're saying is empowering them, including them, getting them involved and making it fun. And like you said, the creativity. Right. Yes. 
Yeah. So I guess every parent could come up with a little story, you know, their own little story that they, they kind of relate to. But um, do you ever have parents who you would say are too extreme in their healthy eating, right? We have this phenomenon of orthorexia, right? Like people who are, it's like almost like an eating disorder at this point, right? Like officially, you know, that there are people who eat so healthfully, supposedly, that they make themselves sick. Do you ever see that with kids and, you know, like parents trying to get their kids to eat like a strict vegan diet or something, you know, very extreme? Have you ever seen that? I'm just curious. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've seen it a couple of times. Mm-hmm. A lot of them I've seen is just a lot of the busyness and trying to just get something quick. And because there's a short window of time mm-hmm. in school all day and they only have a couple hours with the kids, they don't really want to use that time to use it for negotiating skills to try to get them to eat their broccoli. So a lot of it is right. more of, you know, the fast food and the processed stuff versus the extreme. But I went to an all girls school and that was very eye opening to me for sure on what nutrition looked like for other people. I was looking at functional nutrition and how nutrition can be used to heal our bodies. And going to an all girls school was very eye opening and the type of distorted eating that was happening yeah. um, that, that right. ended up leading them into nutrition because of their distorted eating. Yeah. So it was definitely eye opening and it's definitely out there for sure. Yeah, yeah. But what you're saying is that typically the people who are engaging with you are more, they're just super busy and they have a lot going on. And And they want their kids to eat something. So, I mean, I have a lot of doctors that I work with and so they incorporate the healthy eating, but then they're Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. I need them to eat something. And so this is what I, I mean, we had, we had one that had the gourmet, oh, I wish I had the name for it. I'll have to send it to you, but it was like gourmet chickpea with like fancy herbs. Um, not even just cilantro, but like fancy, fancy, like Indian type herbs. And the little boy was like, he's like 15 months and I would try to make it and I tried to create it with yogurt. And like, so I was like, mom really wants us to eat this. Let's, let's figure it out. And any way that I tried to create it or present it to him or baked it or warmed <laughs> it or he just was, the, the flavor was so unique and not normal palate for him. I don't think she even ate that when she was pregnant. Cause you know, when you're pregnant, oh. you get those exposures. Mm-hmm. So it was just such a unique taste, like the Indian type of eating that he just, it just came right back out. So, oh, wow. That, you know what? I, I, that's another example of like the mom who's like, well, my child's going to eat healthfully, but I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing over here. No, it doesn't really work. You know, you, you have to, you have to be the example for the child too, right? And they'll, and they'll find the Coke that's hidden. Just so you know, I did that in clinic for, I saw 7,000 <laughs> people. They'll find the Coke or the cookies that were hidden and they'll eat it all. Right, right. The mom is hiding it for herself, but the kid is finding it. Uh, It reminds me of, you know, you mentioned during pregnancy and then during breast, I didn't realize how much the the taste of what I would eat as a mother would translate into the breast milk. And when my first, my oldest daughter, when she was seven months old, I, I still hadn't even introduced solids to her because she was such a voracious breastfeeder. I was, I was starting, you know. But it was just easier to breastfeed, to be honest. <laughs> but I ate everything, you know, when I was breastfeeding. And one day we were at my mom's house. And you know what a mortar and pestle is? Well, I'll just, I'm sure you do. But a mortar and pestle is like this bowl. And there's like a thing. It's for like crushing herbs or crushing garlic. So my mom had used that a thousand times to crush her garlic in this little thing. and that, But it was wood. The thing was wood. And so my daughter decided that she wanted to suck on the the stick part, the part that you crush with. And um, I was a very, you know, I thought that kids should just be able to taste different things 
because that's how they learn, right? They learn through putting things, partially putting things in their mouth. So she was sucking on this thing for like a long time. She actually wouldn't let me take it away. She just was sucking and sucking and sucking on this thing. And then my mom comes by and she's like, oh my God. <laughs> she's like, that must taste like garlic. And it turns out like we smelled it and we were like, basically my daughter was like loving on the garlic taste of this, uh, the, I guess it's the pestle part. I don't, I don't know. Do you know the research shows that breast milk is actually kids like the taste, like when they tasted, when they did a study and they tested breast milk on what kids would drink, like the kids preferred uh, garlic in the breast milk. Oh, so yeah. That makes See, sense. And I ate a lot of garlic. So she, I think for her, like what you were saying about if you try to introduce your child to a taste that they are not, they haven't been familiar with, it's going to be a much bigger learning curve. So why go out and find these fancy foods that you're not even eating? Just give them what you eat, you know, healthy versions of what you eat. Yeah, that's that's very interesting. That's, I like your story with the uh, little the chickpea patty, a falafel maybe. I don't know what that was. <laughs> yeah, it was like a falafel with the, with the herbs, that uh, with a falafel with all the herbs. Um, Right, and right. I, I, he might have had it when he was a baby. Maybe he had it when he was, you know, maybe he's had it for several months in the because it was like shipped to the house. Like they have the great, they have great food services that now that will ship healthy baby food to the house. Oh, so it was shipped wow. to the house, and so we would try all things. And like even if I put the littlest piece in with something that I know he would like, he would move it around and pull out that one piece that had that unique flavor. <laughs> That's so funny. That's so yeah. You know, I mean, kids they they know themselves. You know, that that's the thing is that as a child, you know, especially when they're little like that, they've sort of learned they are better at listening to their bodies, I think, than adults. And then we kind of teach them to not listen to their bodies. Right. Like when they're full, right, when they eat and they can have three bites and then they're full, it's because they're listening to their body and they're like, yeah, I yeah. had some milk before I ate. So my three bites of chicken um, and I'm full. And then for us, it's like we disconnect. And so we yeah. don't even know when we're hungry and we're full. What does physical hunger even feel like versus just emotionally eating? I need to eat yeah. something and I'm stressed. Yeah. Yeah. And I've, that's another good point because I've, I've had a lot of adult clients say that to me that they don't, they don't even know what, hung, what is real hunger. Can't really describe or understand what that is. And then maybe that was something they learned when they were very little to kind of ignore the body. Yeah. A lot of it was the, the empty, the clean the plate club, right? Growing up. Yes. Oh, yeah. So yeah. the physical fullness was there, but there was an outside voice telling them to finish, even though internally they were trying to connect and listen to what their bodies were saying that they were full. But yeah. So, so what we can learn from children, I, I, I think we can tie this all up with like for adults, we can do we can do the same things, right? We could maybe have a little fun with our food. I don't know if you have any suggestions. I'm just, I'm, I'm a little bit, ins I'm inspired by this because I'm thinking, you know, it's so serious all the time, right? Like, oh, you gotta he eat healthy. Well, maybe we could have some fun like the kids. Yeah, let's, uh, let's go back to childlike <laughs> mindset, childlike movement, rolling around in the grass again, rolling down the hills. Like when was the last yes. time you rolled down the hill in the grass? You know, just being childlike playing, childlike mindset, childlike belief, yeah. childlike eating. When you eat when you're you eat until it. you're full and then you stop and then you save it and then two hours later you're hungry again and you can go back and finish and it's gonna be there. It's okay. You don't have to finish it all and you can save it for later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I, that that strategy I've used with a lot of clients, I, I'll say because I've used it on myself, right? Because I've I have all my little my well, I shouldn't say little, all my issues with eating. 
And uh, one thing that's worked for me is I say to myself, well, you can have this later. You don't have to eat all of it now. You know, you, you don't have to eat the entire pint of Haagen-Dazs ice cream. You can wait, have some now and have some tomorrow. <laughs> um, and that, you can savor it and enjoy it. Right, 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 right. Yeah, so I like it. So maybe we'll end with that. Like, let's let's all be a little bit more playful, be a little bit more childlike. Maybe if you're physically able, roll down a hill in the grass. <laughs> or even just go for a run. Yeah, or skip. Skip, yeah. Skipping yep. is fun. Yeah. Um, but also with the food, I think, you know, kind of reconnecting with the idea of playfulness, of curiosity, of, you know, like you were describing, like, turn the food upside down. Like, what does it look like from this angle? And, you know, what are the colors? Oh, wow. Broccoli florets do kind of look like a tree. That's cool. And so maybe just bringing more consciousness and a little bit more uh, curiosity to the to the meals and also the empowerment piece right? Like there is something that we probably primarily that we recognize, we feel when we've created something, when we've created a meal and we didn't just buy it from an unknown, you know, like pulled it out of the freezer section of the grocery store. We've actually cut things and, and, and created something. So I lo- everything you're saying is applicable to adults. I'm, oh, I'm yeah. just deciding that right now. Yeah. <laughs> and we just get to go back. We, we get to kind of break some of the old routine habits, the boring habits, mm-hmm. and like switch over back into the fun, creative, imaginative, yeah. fun, light, light type of experience around food and wellness, make it fun again. Yeah, I love it. I love it, love it, love it, love it. Thank you so much, Andrea, for being here today. I really appreciate it. Let's say the name and the website of your business or wherever you would want people to find you. Yeah, Family First Wellness. And you can find me on Facebook and website, Family First Wellness. We would just love to connect and see how we can support you. A lot of it's personalized. Personalized. Essentially, your, your whole approach is personalization, which is the way all nutrition should be. I'm very like done with all the dogma and the prescription stuff. Like everybody should be doing this. No, it's got to be personalized. Yeah, but it's not in a box. It's not cookie cutter is the word I was thinking of. It's not cookie cutter. Right. Everyone's getting the mm-hmm. same thing. I, I really feel that, you know, every family dynamic is different. And so the nutrition, wellness, support gets to be different and personalized to yeah. what your family needs are. Yeah. And you're in Houston, Texas, right? Yes. And I also do um, online coaching. So I, I work with a lot of uh, kids online um, with coaching, like, you know, 10 and up online, just helping with the mindset, life skills, eating, overall adolescent type stuff, um, people skills. That's so, that's wonderful. Cause one of the things that I, uh, what saddens me is that I still do see moms bringing their kids in for weight loss when they're 14, 15 years old, the girls. And that's, that's just terrible. They would do much better to, to spend some time with you and, and, and reorient their relationship with food, you know? Yeah. And actually you just reminded me, I apologize for not bringing this up earlier, but I had a young girl, she was in theater Gosh, I want to say she was like 12 or something, um, but she went in to see specialists with her thyroid. She got all the testing done. It was borderline everything. So it was borderline pre-diabetic, borderline hypothyroidism, all those things. And we mm-hmm. we made changes. We got to reconnect with our body again, and we made some changes to healthy eating. And within like a shorter amount of time, then we were just trying to get familiar with what foods that we liked at that point and just discovering what recipes worked for the family. And so within like a four week time period, I got a text from a mom telling me that she was at the doctor for their checkup and she had already lost two pounds and mom was in tears. Wow. Oh, that's so Yeah. But doing it from the real, in the real way, the good way, the healthy. Yeah. Like, you, like, 
Like what you do. Yeah. Yeah. Like what you do, because you want to look at healthy eating and make changes. And then weight loss is, is a secondary benefit to the changes right. that we make. And so that's what we were doing with this young girl. And mm-hmm. mom was just concerned and it was all borderline. And she had seen the dietitian and she seen a swallowing specialist for some other sensitivities that she had and nothing was working. And within a, sh- a shorter amount of time than I honestly expected, because at that point we were just in discovery mode of what was going to work for food recipes, she went in for her checkup and um, mom had tears in her eyes. She was just so happy that not only did they make the changes, they're celebrating that. And she happened to lose two pounds, which was, you know, normal within that range. Right, right, right. Wow. Well, that's wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Andrea, for being here today. I guess I'll say thank you again. I appreciate it. And I appreciate your wisdom. And if anybody wants to seek you out, they, you know, we'll put your information in the show notes. Yeah, this was fun. This is great. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Wow, that was a great conversation that I just had with Andrea. I really appreciated all of the great tips that she gave us. So Andrea is a nutritionist and she's also a health coach and her business is called Family First Wellness. And you can find her on LinkedIn or on her website, which is Andrea Levin. That's A-U-N-D-R-E-A-L-E-V-E-N dot wixsite.com forward slash family first wellness. So that'll be in the show notes. So you can access her website through the show notes. And so that was fun. I hope you got a lot out of that conversation that uh, is definitely focused toward health and, and really talking about the obesity crisis. And it starts with our children. It really does. And our teens. So how can we help our children and our and teens and, and ourselves to uh, have a better relationship with food, a more friendly and, and playful relationship with food? So I think that's cool. And um, it's pretty inspiring for me. I was definitely inspired by it. If you would like to get more inspiration, more information, please check out our website, which is winweightloss.com. That's W-Y-N weightloss.com. And you can go to forward slash blog for a bunch of great articles and inspiration there. So please, if you have an idea of what you would like to hear on the podcast, let me know. And if you'd like to be on the podcast, reach out to me. You can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, just look up Jill Cruz and reach out to me because I really am having so much fun exploring all the different aspects of women's health. It does start with childhood or pregnancy or, you know, aging and, and everything in between. So if you have something you want to share about your health story, some inspiration, some wisdom that you've gained and you would like to inspire other women, please come and join us.